COVID-19 has presented seemingly endless challenges as we all try to adapt to living life in a pandemic. For small business owners, COVID-19 has not only magnified those challenges, it's jeopardized their very livelihoods. As of the latest data in mid-March, nearly one in three of businesses nationally remain closed, while more than 40% of small businesses reported debt over $100,000 in 2020, up 25% from 2019. This week on Give Me Some Truth, we explore a local perspective of the struggle for small businesses over the last year. Nate Condon, one of the founding partners of Wachner Condon, is joined by another of Madison's Monroe Street business owners, Derek Lee of Pizza Bruda. We'll cover the trajectory of the last year, challenges faced, decisions made, and changes that might stick around in the years to come. It's time for Give Me Some Truth, exploring the intersection of financial planning, investing, and everyday life. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Uh, it's a special day here on uh, on the podcast. We have a uh, an impressive guest, uh, a uh, my favorite pizza man. I'll say that, and and, and uh, not only my, one of my favorite people. I'm going to just uh, I'm gonna just say know. that. So <laughs> this is uh, Nate uh, in the, at the helm with uh, the beloved Derek Lee from uh, Pizza Bruda, award winning Pizza Bruda. Uh, on our, uh, you know, Monroe street neighbor. And, uh, he's decided to, uh, share some time with us today. So we appreciate the time D. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me and, you know, thanks for being such a great neighbor. And, uh, I appreciate your generosity. You know, I always like to say that, you know, your best pizza is, is the best pizza is your best pizza, you know? And, uh, (laughs) so I always love to hear that people are enjoying what we do, you know? So thanks a lot for having me. I'll say as a side note, the, the, the client event that we run at your place, um, it's, it's funny. Cause the first time we did it was just kind of a shot in the dark. Like, Hey, let's, let's see if this works. And you know, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. And, uh, man, is that thing demanded now by, by the, <laughs> by the masses of our clients? I mean, that is probably the most popular one we do now. It's just, Oh yeah. And I, you know, I just also want, you know, your guests, uh, you know, your clients to know just like, you know, how much we, you support the neighborhood and, uh, you guys, you know, I really appreciate you guys showing up during a difficult year and, and, uh, doing your client event with us, you know, little things like that, you know, um, it really, really helps. So anyway, thanks for doing that too. Well, I think the, the focus that that we, we had for this podcast, we wanted to get a a local business owner on and we wanted to talk about, uh, you know, COVID just in general, the, uh, effects of that and you know maybe business changes that you made and, and that kind of thing um i think we're hopefully fingers crossed right kind of getting on the other side of this thing and 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 uh you know appear to be potentially coming out the other side so um right. help us understand you know when this first kind of got rolling you know roughly a year ago you know almost to the day um I mean, what thoughts were going through your head? Where, where was, uh, you know, where, where were you at mentally? Um, you know, when, when we heard about shutdowns and quarantines and things like that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you're right. It's the anniversary of all the shutdowns, um, the business closing. Um, you know, it was a very scary time. I mean, 
you had people saying that this was the end of restaurants. Right. And so, you know, you start hearing declarations like that and, you know, you start to get really, really nervous. Um, you know, we, it just, everything happens so quickly. Uh, you know, one, you know, as, as everything transpired, you know, uh, it just seemed like, you know, so quick, like everything was on, um, you know, uh, sped up. Right. And, um, and anyway, um, yeah, we, we were sitting there thinking like, are we going to have a business? Are we going to be in business? Are we, is this it? You know, is this, is this a, the, a disaster that of such epic proportion that um, we're not going to make it through this? Um, and of course, we were all wondering whether the stock market was going to crash. Um, that Which was it, sort of it did more or less at that time. I mean, it was right. quickly came back quickly, but yes, it did at that yeah. time for sure. And, you know, keep in mind, you know, there was no, there was no sense of what, it, what the stimulus was going to be, you know, PPP, you know, PPP one, PPP two, um, you know, help from the state, uh, you know, none of that sounded like it was going to happen. We didn't know anything that, the, you know, that we didn't think anything was going to come, you know, on a, on a horse and, you know, a, a knight in shining armor and save our day. Um, right. And so, yeah, it was pretty terrifying, uh, you know, Really, so, really I mean, obviously your concern was your business, was your staff, was, right. you know, how are you going to keep people in How are you going to pay people? Right. I mean, it kind of got to yeah. that, uh, you know, the, the nitty gritty of it. Um, would you say now looking back a year later, I mean, you, you, you made it through relatively unscathed. You, I mean, obviously there was, you, you took a hit, but I mean, yeah. you know, you and I both know businesses that, that uh, unfortunately didn't make it through. I mean, you're, sure. you obviously did. Uh, how would you kind of, how would you classify that? Were, were yeah. you, was it a body blow? Was it, you were on the ropes and really feeling it? I mean, where, you know, kind yeah. of where, where were you at with that? Well, you know, I mean, we had, um, we had a business out in Middleton. We had two stores and a right. mobile pizza unit. Okay. So we, you know, once we shut down, I had a group out in Middleton that um, we were at the very end of our five year lease. And so right there, I was at a, in a situation where, you know, I had to make a decision. Okay. Am I signing up for another five years out here? I also right. had a group of employees, you know, you, you want to protect the health of your employees. And we're all, if you remember back then, all the information, it was a lot of mixed messages, a lot of start, stop. And so we were trying to figure out, you know, how do we operate safely in this environment? Can we do that? I had a lot of employees come to me say, I don't want to work through this. Right. You know, I don't want to work in this at all. You can't work remotely. So it looked like I was going to lose a big part of my staff. Um, so those, so, so then how do I operate on a smaller crew? So I think we were just trying to get ready for operating on a limited basis you know, um, luckily, I think the benefit for us was we had already made investments in technology, um, you know, uh, in for takeout and for online ordering. And so, sure. you know, there was a big scramble. In fact, if you relate it to um, one of the stocks that um, that I follow is Square. Sure. Um, yeah. And Square is one of those companies, again, that that operate uh, the software, the order taking um, and all the credit card transactions for um, for restaurants. And that stock, I think, went up 250% because you had a uh, last year <laughs> because you had so many people that had, that had to take their outdated software systems and upgrade so that they could offer their, their uh, um, restaurant food 
online. And so we had already made some of those investments in technology. And so we were lucky and also being a quick service restaurant, um, you know, we, we were able to adapt a little bit easier than a sit down. Sure. And so I think the distinction in your mind really should be the sit down restaurants. They really had to do a sharp pivot, right? I mean, you know, places like L'Etoile, for example, they had to start doing family meals. They had to like put right. everything online. What was once on a menu, what was once, uh, you know, delivered to you by a server in terms of the menu items was now going online in the, in the form of a family menu. And so some of those places really struggled to pivot. Now pizza and in particular Neapolitan pizza, wood fire pizza, you know, we were already doing about 30% takeout. Hmm. So taking that to a hundred percent was challenging. You know, it, we, it required us to, to change our flow in our restaurant. Um, it required us to change, you know, uh, we did end up upgrading our software, even though we had already made investments in that where we, we ended up making better uh, choices that, that, that routes, we invested in, in some of those technologies. Um, and, uh, you know, we also had to like, you know, kind of, we kept a lot of our staff on, on Monroe street, um, and retain most of those people. And, um, but some people we just couldn't, you know, the people that were more like, you know, okay, we call them cashiers and runners. Those people, you know, we didn't have space for them. And so we ended up more with, with, uh, having like the people that actually make the pizza, we call them the pizza aioli. Sure. They, they ended up, uh doing more of the, of the order, you know, cause the orders are just popping out of the, yeah. out of the, uh, the, the printer now, you know, you're not even taking them. So you didn't need cashiers and runners per se. So, I mean, obviously running businesses, we all learned, and even those that didn't, I mean, just going through the, the COVID experiences in general, we all learned, um, you know, a tremendous amount. I mean, identify one or two things that you walked away from this and said, boy, that, that, that was a lesson that, Maybe I maybe it wasn't even a new lesson. You know, maybe I knew it before, but I mean, this really kind of hit home with, uh, you know, with you that that you'll take on, you know, even even in the years to come. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think that you know I'm a big Warren Buffett guy, right. and so you know I've read all his books, and you know, I always look forward to his newsletter every year. Um, and uh, you know, I think he says that there's like three L's that you've got to avoid: um, liquor. Um, uh, you know, something else, I think in leverage, uh, I couldn't remember the third L, but you know, <laughs> sure. anyway, they'll, the three L's will get you in trouble. Couldn't remember the second one, but you know, I, one of the good things as a small business person, I've been very keen on is, is not being very leveraged. Hmm. And so going into this, I knew that, um, that, that I could, I, you know, you kind of like kind of figure out how you're going to make it through and you kind of have to budget. Okay. Am I going to take some of my savings? Right. And, and just push through this and, and try to make it to the other end. Um, so I think being one of the big things for me is not being over leveraged. You know, I think, I think right. I took that lesson out of 08 cause you know, here we are in the restaurant business, you know, we survived the 08 crisis too, you know, so I was in business during the 08 crisis and, you know, you know, clearly coming out of there, the lesson was don't get over leveraged Eric. The other thing is, is that, you know, I think that for me in the quick service restaurant space, you know, it became clear to me that, that as other people pivot into the space um, and had to, you know, offer things to take out, it became clear to me that the investments in technology, sure. that, 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 you know, being in front of the change, being adaptive, being, you know, rather than, you know, reactive, 
um, to new changes in technology. You know, having already had relationships with the third party delivery companies, mm-hmm. you know, knowing how that animal worked, you know, I think really, really helped us. Um, but then I think also, again, like one of the big things is like your culture, you know, um, you know, I, I would say that, that, um, you know, we all are working on getting our culture right. Uh, if we're running businesses correctly right now. And I think you guys just from the outside, I can tell your culture works, you know, exceptionally well. Um, at least my experience is with you. And, um, and so just having the right business culture, having the right leaders in place during a crisis is absolutely critical. And if you don't have those leaders, and so I had, I had, I had um, one leader that, that, that wanted nothing to do with working, going forward, which I understand, I'm, there's no judgment there. I mean, it was pretty scary. But then I had another leader who was, who was really keen on, hey, let's, let's figure out how to operate through this. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like those relationships and the trust that we've built um, and the culture that we've built actually uh, getting through a crisis Wow, you can come out the other end, and I feel like I'm coming out the other end smarter, better. Our culture is working. We've solved a lot of the problems. You know, one of the things I feel like business people, you know, maybe um, don't understand about what I love about business is solving problems. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something really cool about being able to, you know, work on something and figure it out and solve it. And I feel like business, small business people do some of the best work in that space. Yeah, because you, I mean, you, there's, there's not, you, you don't have seven different departments, right? Where you can right. just go, well, this is for right. this department, or for, you know, I mean, you yeah. are the seven departments, and right. you know, I mean, your business. You know, itself. you know, one of the other massive takeaways is, is actually this: is that is your who you're doing business with, really, 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 is a critical. In other words, your small bank connection, sure. yep. your financial advisor, your accountant. Who are you, who are you talking to? Who are you getting, you know, during, when you're in, in a crisis like this and you've got in your relationships, well, it's, it, you want them to be good, but it's also having really good people around because right. you know what really good people around can steer you toward the right answers quicker. Um, and, and um, you know, I know some people that um, are a little, are bigger than, than our, than pizza Bruto, of course, that might be like, have like five, six or 10 kind of like pizza Brutas. And they thought that they needed a relationship with a big bank. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? When it came time to apply for the PPP, the big banks weren't that interested in, 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 in working with them. And they had to go forge. Can you imagine in the middle of this crisis, they had to go forge relationship with small, small business banks and community banks. And so I, I can't say enough about, and I don't think they get a lot of credit, um, but I just think, you know, the small business banks and the community banks like Monona, um, like Park Bank, Oak Park, you know, all these small little banks, you know, even the UW Credit Union, you know, I know did some business, um, some, 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 well, I don't know if they did PPP, actually, I don't think they did. But, um, uh, you know, I just think that the small business banks really, I mean, for them to turn around all of this paperwork and figure out and, and kind of move the, all that PPP transactions forward, I don't think they got enough credit. Uh, for all the work they did this last year. It was really incredible. Yeah, I, I want to go back to one thing that you you said earlier, which I think is a, is a huge, um, it just rings so true in in, in, in your business and in my business as well, is the idea of an emergency fund, right? 
money to fall back okay. on, right? Right. And it's so hard because you know when it's sunny outside and everything's going good, and you, you know you're talking about emergency funds. I mean, it doesn't really seem to resonate because you go out. You know, it's like it's like saying, "Well, why do I need an umbrella when it's 75 degrees out and sunny?" I mean, it seems like a kind of a useless tool to have, right? Right. And it starts raining, and you go, "Wow, I'm really glad I had this umbrella," right? And so, I think that's such a a huge takeaway for not just business owners, but everybody in general that, you know, nobody sends us a letter or sends us an email when things are going to get bad, right? They just right. get bad. And if, I mean, if we right. learn nothing from COVID, we learned that, right? Things can get bad very quickly. And if you don't have that nest egg to fall back on or that, you know, if you haven't kind of planned for that rainy day, uh, it can get really difficult. And so, I mean, I think right. that's a great takeaway to, to just say, Hey, just, you know, understand that while it looks like this is money that's just sitting there doing nothing, it it's it's there for a reason, and uh, those reasons aren't always, um, you know, twenty. You don't see those with twenty twenty vision until you really are faced with them, and then it's like, oh my god, I'm so happy that I have this money to fall back on. Right. No, and and um, you know, I mean, you know, having you know what 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 that buys you, what that money, what having a a rainy day fund buys you is patience, you know, and right. the ability to like stay in the game and stay the course. And, you know, if you think about it, in the short 14 years, I've been in business. I'm in Rose street. I've wow. been through 14 years, 14 Dave. years. Yeah. Wow. Good you know, for you. I've been through the 08 financial crisis. Okay. That was really scary. That was, that was, you know, that was scary on a different way because the banks were failing and actually right. my banker to speak to, to, I won't say who they are, but my banker came to me, even though I had guaranteed the loan and said they're getting out of retail and that they wanted me to go find a new relationship. So during the 08 crisis, I had sure. to go find a new bank relationship, which, you know, I, the bankers didn't want a restaurant, you know, or a, a retail business in that market. Right. So, so there again, having great partners, um, you know, that you're partnered with, um, having a rainy day fund, um, you know, I probably... You know, we ended up closing Middleton at the end of the five years. We're at the end of the five-year lease and that team really didn't want to push forward and work. And so rather than, you know, I guess maybe if I'd gotten a little different advice, I may have been a little more patient and, and mm -hmm. um, stuck through that. And, and um, but I think it was still, I mean, at the time we felt like we'd better get back to Monroe Street and just shore up that business Yep. given, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have any debt on, uh, out in Middleton. And so we were just, okay, this team doesn't want to move forward. You know, at the end of the lease, it, it wasn't a great business. It, it made money, but not much. Uh, and so we were like, let's just close this and then move back. So just think like in one year, I closed a business that right. I put five years of hard work into, um, and then came back and repivoted Monroe street to an all takeout business. So it's been, you know, I'll just say this, you know, it's, I've never had a year where I've made so many big decisions in a row as, you know, right. it's, it's, so that's just that alone. It's been, it's been a lot. And so I think, I, you know, it's been a different kind of tired, you know, right. <laughs> <as well. laughs> I think you, I think we could actually make t-shirts that just say that, right. It's been a lot. And everybody would go. Yep. Yeah, I know exactly. I know it has for everyone. It, it has know, for everyone. Right? But, you know, being concerned about your livelihood, um, you know, when you can't work remotely, you know, it's it's on right. another level. Yeah. So, 
you know, I, I, try, I try to look at things, you know, and see this, the positive side of it, right? You kind of, even things as horrible as COVID and, and you kind of try to look at it and go, okay, well, what did we learn from it? What can we take away from it? What, what are we still going to be doing in our business two years from now because of what we learned in COVID, right? That we weren't doing two years ago uh, because we didn't need to, right? We weren't putting that yeah. position. I mean, how is your business going to look different a year from now or two years from now than it did before anybody even knew what the word COVID was? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that um, we certainly will be doing uh, plenty of takeout, um, okay. you know, going forward. I mean, I think that I think this whole uh, move deeper into technology and ordering online and um, and and delivering, you know, um, direct to people's homes. I think that that continues. I think that trend continues. Um, you know, I think people are going to want to come back to restaurants, but I also want to say, you know, um, you know, the, the vaccine I'm, I'm vaccinated, um, you know, isn't a panacea either, you know, sure. I mean, it's, it's not just like carte blanche, go for it, you know? And so I think there's gonna be a certain group of people that just aren't comfortable yet, you know, dining in. Right. Um, you know, I think, you know, that, a lot of people really in this, in the business world also had time, you know, when, when the tough, when the, when the tough, tough times hit, you know, the tough get going. And so we really worked at like also controlling some of our costs. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think all small business people really, this is why I think like we're poised to have a, a really kind of a lot of economic, uh, some economic growth here in the next at least I think the balance sheets and income statements on a lot of companies are going to look great because they did a lot of cost cutting during this. Right. And so I think as the business comes back and they're just going to be running mean and lean, you know? So um, I, I think those, I think the investments in technology will continue. Uh, and, you know, little things like this, even zoom, for example, you know, we're doing um, zoom interviews now before we even meet huh. people. So if you think about it, right. like what an easier way to kind of, you know, hire now. It's like, I don't have to, you know, schedule an interview, wait, you know, hope they show up. I can just get online with them and have a quick chat uh, and, and kind of see, you know, whether I want to have a sit down interview with them. So just, I think the, the, the changes, um, you know, the, in technology are, are going to be the greatest and, um, and will continue to impact us, you know, well into the next, you know, generation. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you know you look at how things change, right? And and just the kind of evolutionary um, process that that dictates business, right? You you I can and you're old enough, and I'm old enough to remember when you couldn't pay at the pump, right? Like that's it's just right. kind of something that sticks in my head, right? You know, and 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 part of that was good for the for the convenience store, right? Because then you had to go in and maybe you picked up a soda or you bought something else, right? And you, okay, right. it worked for them. I remember having the conversation with my dad, literally, I don't. 25, 30 years ago of, you know, he was think, saying to himself, like, I don't know why they would do this. Like, like they're cutting out that business. And I said, well, dad, it's because one chain started doing it. Right. So now right. they all need to do it because otherwise, why would you not choose the convenience of being able to pay at the pump? And so you look at the convenience aspects that have come from COVID. I mean, you drive to Target now, you order everything online, you, you, you drive there, you, you, you park in a stall, you punch in what stall you're in, they bring your stuff out to you. I mean, I don't yeah. see that stuff going away. I, I think that's now ingrained in, in society and business to go, hey, I like this. I like curbside, right. you know, or if somebody can just, I want to pull up, I want to have somebody bring my food out to me. I can see all of that stuff, you know, 
pers- or, you know, staying with us through this, through, through the next t- five, 10, 15 years of, of, uh, oh, of society. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, just on a, on a business, you know, having the ability to deliver now, you know, right. allows me to like, you know, I'm getting orders from people that I never got orders from. And so, you know, just people that, you know, um, you know, at the university, for example, I'm, I'll get a 10, you know, I'll sell 10 pizzas sure. you know, to a, a group that's there, things like that, or, or into the hotels now. And so it's like, you know, we hadn't had a sort of de- a delivery device, you know, before COVID. And so that's staying, you know, <laughs> right. those, those kind of things aren't going to go away. And so, you know, if you think about it, like a lot of people, even with our product, you know, you know, I will just say, I think, I think it does take out fine. And I like to heat it up on a, on a steel skillet sure. to, to sort of reawaken the, the crust. Um, you know, uh, but, but I think it's ideally eaten in store, you know? Right. Um, but I just think, you know, I think you learn to adapt and learn to find ways, um, you know, to, to survive and to, to even thrive and find new markets um, in this. And so I think there's going to be a wave even of entrepreneurship happening because the barriers to entry right. have been lowered. Now think yeah. of it. If you have a, if you have a telephone and you, you can, you can have your buddy make a website um, you can go into a ghost kitchen somewhere and start operating for what, you know, 15,000 bucks, maybe, maybe even less, um, you know? And, and so I think that, you know, there's going to be a wave of new food concepts, entrepreneurship, out of this. I mean, you know, that's like one cool thing I love that we should love about our country is that, um, you know, you know, leave it, leave, you know, when we get into a, a difficult situation, we, we can kind of find creative ways of, of getting around it um, and creating new things and new markets and new ideas. And so, um, you know, I think it's going to be a really exciting time actually in food service. I think I think that the, the sit-down restaurants. I think there will be a, a strong there will be, will be some dema- strong demand for that because people are going to want I think that table service as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the QSR segment is going to continue to expand um, just for all the trends and the reasons that we talked about today. Great. Well, let's finish on this. Um, I mean, we're all looking forward to you know any myriad of things on, on you know as we come out of this and and, and it becomes more normal. I mean, whatever that word means nowadays, but I mean, what are you most looking forward to uh, coming out of the, out of the, yeah. you know, post COVID, you know, in running a business? I mean, there, there's, I know what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to, you know, see my clients again and in person and being able to have that yeah. interaction. I mean, what are you looking forward to? You know, um, a lot of times when we talk about economy, we talk about numbers, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about facts, you know, growth or whatever, but, you know, I also think, that sat where does I always ask the question, where does satisfaction come from? You know, a lot of what we do isn't just about money. It's about, you know, um, it's about satisfaction or serving someone. And so what I'm really looking forward to is being able to make a pizza for someone in the restaurant and to see their, I mean, that sounds so simple, but like (laughs) I haven't had anyone eat in my restaurant for like a year. And I can't tell you how satisfying it is to see someone who like gets a, you know, a salami fungi, you know, for the first time or, or a margarita or whatever. And they taste the fresh mozzarella we make by hand or the San Marzano tomatoes from Italy. And like, it's like they have a moment, you know, like they're having right. a, a moment with their pizza, <laughs> you know, that those moments uh, is why I'm in it. 
you know, it's like that, that's the kind of stuff that, that I really miss. And I, and it's, you know, it sounds like pretty similar to like you missing interacting, you know, with your customers or, uh, or your clients, you know, on a face-to-face basis. Yeah. I mean, again, go back to the whole, you know, try to find the silver lining, try to try to find the glass half full aspect of it. I mean, you know, if nothing else, it shows us what personal and, and human connection means to everybody. Right. And, and, and obviously you can't, until you go through something like this as a society, you would have no way to be able to kind of appreciate that in the way that we do now, because how, you know, what other scenario would put you in this, in the situation. And so, I don't know. I think that that's kind of a, it's a positive that I think uh, we all take from this is just that kind of, you know, life hitting us in the face again and going, Hey, you know, personal connection matters, human connection matters, you know, make sure that you, you know, value that again, when, when, you know, when this all, um, you know, kind of gets back to quote unquote normal. So, well, I appreciate the time, buddy. It, uh, you know, as always the, um, um, just the chance to be able to talk to another business owner and to have gone through it. And, um, and, and I think it's cool for people to be able to hear too, that, that, uh, you know, I kind of wonder like, oh, I wonder what that was like to, you know, to have a, uh, an establishment like that. And, uh, you know, an iconic establishment in Madison because of the okay. work you've done, but, but nonetheless, still in the crosshairs of, you know, cause nobody was, was, you know, immune from this. And so, um, really appreciate your time today, buddy. You bet. Thank you. Walker Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walker Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.